Hello and welcome back to the Model Shop Podcast. My name is Fio and I'll be your host as we explore the early days of Walt Disney Imagineering. We'll get to know some incredible people, experience extinct attractions, and always be on the lookout for some extra pixie dust. So Disneyland will always and forever be my home park, but I had the amazing opportunity to travel to Walt Disney World for the first time earlier this year but being the loyal Disneyland person that I am, I had some reservations about the way that it would feel. I was worried that the legacy of Walt Disney and the original Imagineers would feel distant, and that it would be lacking the heart that I know and love in Disneyland. Luckily though, I could not have been more wrong. In fact, it felt all that more special to be there experiencing all of the many joys of that incredible place with the knowledge that Walt Disney would have loved nothing more than to get the opportunity to visit himself. I spent a fair bit of my trip imagining what Walt Disney would have thought of the way in which this dream, his biggest dream, was realized. And so, with this experience on my resume, I consider myself qualified to talk about what parts of Disney World I think would have been Walt's favorites. Of course, large parts of this episode are going to be purely speculative because I, unfortunately, haven't yet been able to communicate with Walt Disney. I'll be sure to keep you all updated on if that ever does happen. But I think it would be fun to go on a little mental visit to Walt Disney World from a bit of a different perspective. We'll look at what he knew about, what he dreamed about, and what he never ever would have thought about, but I think he would absolutely love. Before we can explore what Walt would have loved in the parks, I think it's important to explore what he actually knew about. As early as 1958, Walt realized that the dreams and ideas he had for his beloved Disneyland would never fit in such a small space and he began the process of looking for somewhere to build an even better, grander, more exciting destination to, fill, to fulfill even more dreams, both his own and his guests. By this point, Disneyland was proving to be quite successful, and there was some fear that if other companies knew that Disney was planning to do something such as, oh, I don't know, buy a massive piece of land, they might try to sneak in before Disney and do some shady business. So, Walt and his executives needed to keep the project a secret. Walt himself went around the country looking for possible suitable locations. A detail that I find strangely comforting is that he did actually see and decide on the land on which Walt Disney World was to be built. I think that Walt had the ability to see a few steps ahead of most other people, so who's to say that he never saw what it would look like? Anyway, once he decided that 27,000 acres of land in Florida would be suitable, it was still kept a secret for another year until the Florida Project, as it was known, was finally introduced to the public. In his official announcement, he was very clear that this would not just be Disneyland over again. He reminded the Florida governor that he'd always said there would never be another Disneyland, and explained that he wanted to explore new concepts and do new things. So what new things was he thinking of exactly? Well, I think it's time to step into Disney World now to find out. Welcome to the entrance to the Magic Kingdom. This should come as no surprise to anyone listening, but Magic Kingdom in Florida is, for the most part, a copy-paste of Disneyland in California in terms of its original attractions. But it's where people are coming to this Magic Kingdom from that is unique. If we were to hop on a monorail right now, we would soon arrive at the Contemporary, which fulfilled a rather specific dream of Walt Disney's, which was the desire to see a monorail run through a hotel. I'll admit, 
it's pretty cool. If you continue on this Magic Kingdom monorail loop, Walt Disney actually would be on the same page as you for the most part. As from Fort Wilderness to the Polynesian, he was involved in the planning of most opening day resorts. It was his idea to have a fully immersive Polynesian resort experience and to have campgrounds as well. But if I had to guess what Walt's favorite part of the Magic Kingdom Resort Loop would be, I'd pretty confidently say the monorail itself. Walt Disney always deeply believed in the potential of the monorail to be an effective mode of transportation. He even designed an entire city around his unwavering belief in it. So I think he'd be pretty happy to see everyone seamlessly making their way from resort to park and back again using only monorails. Now it's time to move on to part of the park that is definitely very different from how it was originally imagined, Epcot. As you surely know if you've listened to my episode on Walt's dreams for this location, which I recommend, Epcot was supposed to be a real functioning city. And so when I visited Disney World, I will admit that I was a bit pessimistic about the idea of Epcot, the theme park. But now, having experienced it for myself, I can say that Walt would have absolutely loved visiting Epcot. I would even go so far as to say that it might be his favorite park. I know, it's a bold claim. So before I get ahead of myself anymore, let's start at the front of the park with Spaceship Earth. An attraction that, at least to me, seems to be about Walt's outlook on the world. A beautiful celebration of who he was and the ideas he held that allowed him to create such joy for so many people. If you want to know more about this attraction and why even hearing the opening notes of the score tends to get me a little teary-eyed, I definitely recommend that you check out my episode about Ray Bradbury's special friendship with Walt Disney. As we explore world discovery, world celebration, and world nature, there's so much that Walt would have loved. The educational elements especially. I can imagine him spending a long time watching children eagerly learn about marine life in the Seas Pavilion Aquarium, and I have absolutely no doubt that living with the land would be a favorite attraction of his. He'd also definitely be very proud and excited about Epcot's food production research. He had made it very clear that he wanted Epcot to be more than another theme park. He wanted to be involved in urgent and invigorating research projects, to be sort of a center of research ideas and information, and the issue of sustainably farming and increasing the production of food for a growing population while still keeping ecological priorities in mind is definitely an important issue that Epcot does so much exciting research on that I am just absolutely sure that he would have spent so much time in Epcot learning and thinking about all of these new and exciting ideas that having all of this space in Florida allowed him and his team to explore. Continuing through the park, we will soon reach the World Showcase. The part of Epcot that, though it's iconic, never really made sense to me. The rest of the park seemed to be a celebration of exciting ideas and looking at the world from the perspective of the future, but this seemed very strange and not tied together until, that is, I learned that this section of the park was meant to mimic a World's Fair. 
World's Fairs play a major role in Disney history, specifically the one that took place in New York in 1964, but more than that, they were also a concept that Walt Disney loved. And I can see why. It definitely makes sense that he would appreciate a place where people from around the world have gathered to celebrate creativity, art, and innovation, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, world fairs have sort of fallen out of fashion. It makes it that much more special, then, that this World Showcase exists as a kind of permanent World's Fair, showing the most exciting, inspiring, and delicious things from a variety of countries around the world. Walt also loved to travel, so I think he would be very content to pass an afternoon exploring China and Japan, maybe grabbing a crepe in France or a delicious snack in Mexico, and I think that he would really love that Epcot gives people the ability who might not otherwise have had the ability to travel to so many different places in one day. So no, we did not get Walt's Epcot, but Epcot is most definitely Walt's park. It's a celebration of everything that made him so unique. His values, his passions, his perspectives. Every area gives a glimpse into how he saw the world as something worth celebrating, discovering, and showcasing. It's hard not to leave Epcot feeling a little optimistic and a lot inspired, and it makes perfect sense that that is just how Walt lived his life. A day in Magic Kingdom definitely makes you feel very much in the Disney spirit, but I think a day in Epcot puts you even more in the Walt Disney spirit. It inspires you to go out and create new things and celebrate all of the wonders of the world. Okay, before this episode becomes too long, I am going to have to leave it here for today, but don't worry, there will be a part two coming soon where I'll discuss the remaining two parks in Disney World as well as some other areas in the giant expanse that is this crazy, literal Walt Disney World. Thank you all for your patience and my kind of wonky posting schedule. My life has definitely been crazy lately, so I probably won't be posting as regularly as you might be used to, but I promise that I haven't forgotten about you all, and I also promise that there will be holiday episodes as the holiday season comes upon us. I know it might be a little bit early to start thinking about Christmas and winter, but I already am, so don't worry, there will be episodes for that. For some pixie dust today, I want you to imagine that you have one of your idols or mentors or inspirations following you around for your day. This could be someone real or fictional from the past or the present, and just think about how they would see your life. Are there any changes you could make that, they can, that you could imagine them suggesting? What details would they notice? I just think it's really interesting to think about, and maybe it can help with some gratitude or some habits. So give it a try and feel free to let me know either in a comment here or on my Instagram at Model Shop Podcast if you'd like. I would absolutely love to hear about it or anything else about the show, any questions you have, any comments, or if you just want to chat about anything Disney, I would be very open to that as well. I really hope that you all enjoyed this episode of the Model Shop Podcast and I will see you all real soon.